You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Say something when you start it. <laughs> I already started. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. If anyone knows what that is, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a mystery. No, it's Futurama. Whenever Fry goes back and wakes up in the cryogen- cryogenic clinic, there's one dude who works there, and he thinks it's funny to walk up to every person that they unfreeze and says, Welcome to the world of tomorrow. And everybody's like, why do you say that every time? It reminds me of Bioshock. There's one something says it. Bioshock came after Futurama. All right, so um, this is a after the show, and this <laughs> is... Um, Sunday, August the 15th, slash Monday, August the 16th, 2010. It's not Monday uh, yet. Uh, it's very close. It's like 11.30, Sunday night. 11.57. Oh. <laughs> so very close. In three minutes? All right, so this is after the show number 135. The movie we're looking at this week is Repo Men. Not Repo Man, Repo Men. Blu-ray edition. Blu-ray hey, Scully, edition. tell us about Repo Man. What's the difference? Repo Man? Yeah. Repo Man is awesome. You repo Man. The Repo Man that came to your door to take something that you couldn't pay for? Or is Repo Man an actual movie? Movie. Oh, right. All right, so, uh, yeah, we're looking <laughs> at the Repo Man on Blu-ray, Blu-ray disc. It's a 2010 movie, 2010 Blu-ray disc. Come out on Tuesday the 27th of July. Wow. So it's already out. And it's a Blu-ray and DVD, and it's from our friends at Universal. And you're going to tell us what this movie is a, about. It's very similar to last week's movie, <laughs> James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, oh, no. sim- similar. <laughs> not really, not at all. Repo Men. If you've seen the trailers, you know what it is. Repo Men in a future time, sort of a global economy. Not sort of. Yes, a glo- I listen to many British television shows. Sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. A world economy, big corporation, bad guy. Boo, bad guy to the big corporations. Um, they will replace any of your body parts, and of course, it's very expensive. It is on payment plans, and when you can't pay, they just do what repo men do. They come and take it back, and if it's your heart, so be it. If it's your lung, so be it. If it's your eyeball, that's the way it goes. And in this story, it is a tale of, you know... <clears throat> Two repo men. Change of heart, so to speak. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Yeah, so, yeah, repo men... Um, stars Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker, amongst other people. Mm-hmm. Um, some good other people. I like yeah. the supporting cast. Uh, so yeah, we saw the trailer for this some time ago, and we I feel that the trailer gave away a lot. Yeah. for this movie, I was excited to see it. When I saw it. the trailer because I love futuristic kind of shit. Yeah. I love. Um, I think I would have I mean, preferred I not a... to see the trailer in this. Yeah, instance. I agree because you go oh. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, so I mean, yeah. if you hadn't seen the trailer, you wouldn't know um, even things. the beginning scene. You would, yeah. You'd have been like, oh, wow, really? Well, you know me. I mm. like to know nothing. Yeah. At all. Now, in a perfect world, I would just plop down in my chair once a week, and you would put a movie on the screen that I've never heard of. Of course, I would have heard of the people and whatnot, but I would like I like to know nothing. But in this one, it's kind of one of those movies that I can take it. That's... Take- because, just, like, uh, just um, that's going to happen probably next week because next week's review is a uh, Australian movie awesome. that you won't have heard of. Awesome, I like okay. that. Did you like this movie? Uh, no, 
Really? I enjoyed it. Mm, nah, I, I, all right, I, I can't say I didn't like it 100%. What I did like was I liked the premise of it and the actual story. I think the actual movie itself was kind of sloppy. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I thought it was... Uh, I thought, in parts, it was just trying to be cool for cool's sake. I agree. There was, a, there was an old boy um, homage slash rip-off scene that... That didn't bother it didn't, me, though. It didn't fit the movie, though. It was Right, there was, it was no... Like, it was like... The director's like, old boy's amazing. We gotta like. We need a badass to that. scene, and but, he's never. But a he's bad not ass. like that at yeah. any point in the movie until that point. And like, you're not. You don't feel him coming up to that either. I mean, no. You see him fight. It's you see him be of, a badass. You really do because he's tough and he's. But it's you know, out of character. Or but in and of itself, if you just watch that scene, it's awesome. I mean, I really. I like that enjoy scene it. on its own. If he wasn't in this movie, yeah. Or if, you'd, if, you'd, if you'd worked around... I know, but you can't compare everything. Jesus. Well, it was obviously a... Everything in this the movie there's actually a, There's actually... Um, if you're familiar with Telly, Terry Gilliam's Brazil, there's a lot of rip-offs of that. Um, this, this director obviously was inspired by... What's the difference between inspired, homage, and rip-off? Um, if you like it or not? If you like it, it's homage. If you don't like it, it's a rip-off? Well... This one, it seemed... You know when I say it seemed like the movie's trying too hard to be cool or something? Well, it's partially to do with borrowing from those other things, and... I'm borrowing. There's another word. There's... there's <laughs> I feel like this movie Some of the music was, like, every cool corner. to be yeah. cool. It, yeah. wasn't, it didn't actually fit the scene, but, like, they were trying to be cool with the music. It, it, it To me, it didn't work, like, half of the time. There, but there again, what it has going for it is... Um, Jude Law, who's a good, to me, like a, he's not a typical hero type because he's not like Mister Sylvester Stallone or something. He's not muscle man or anything. But he plays he's got a this decent. Going on though, yeah, his shoulders go forward a lot, and he's got you know, like, like he does his in, arms kind like of he does out. in Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> not that know, anyone can see what I'm doing except you, but he does his shoulders forward and his arms kind of curl up a lot yeah. as he's walking. Like, trying to look hunky, like yeah. But, um, he, you know, he, I think he does a good job. I'm Forrest Whitaker. I'm liking less and less these days. Don't know why. I, I don't even know what it is. Like I, don't... I had moments in this when I actually saw really like awesome, but it was the dual thing, like together. Mm. There were moments when like at the dinner table was really good. There was a moment when they're totally confronted in the thing when he does the on his like sneaky thing. That was really good. But then other times it's like he's not reined in enough or something. But that's not. We're not talking about the cast yet. But as far well, as the movie I goes, didn't, um, but I, and there's other parts of the movie that I don't know. It just feels sloppy the way. There's parts of it where I'm like, how did we get to this? Like all of a sudden. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, um, like I don't know this person that well, and now I'm expected to, like, bl- care about them or be afraid the, the, of them. This or... person absolutely cares about yeah. them immediately. Almost. It's like it, there's a lot of that in it for me, and it was disjointed. Like I, I was. I felt like. Right? I know this is from a novel. It is. But it felt like it was taken from the pages of a graphic novel and they left out some of the exposition, which I normally don't I want. Feel like they left I don't out want extra it. storytelling. No. But I feel like it's also the story itself, obviously, loads of recycled elements. We've got the big company oppressing everybody. We've got it's out of your control. You're just part. You're a cog in a machine of the world. You've got the future vision of the world, which is super high-tech buildings. 
It looks pretty good, though. This split between, like, the poor and the rich, and ultimately the idea, or we don't really get that, though. I, I, I know they were trying to show you the split yeah, like, they over were, there, the but poor, if but you're it not never paying got attention, that. You, exactly, because we, don't, we don't lavish in a lifestyle of the wanton luxuries and then go to the poor and see the flip side of the coin of people who owe the money for these organs and it's shit like, like that. It's, it's kind of like that... Um, there's another movie. I can't remember. What, it was one of the zombie movies with John Leguizamo, strangely enough. Which one was that? With Dennis Hopper, I think, up in the tall building? Uh, yep. Yeah. was kind of the similar Land premise. You know, the, the rich dead. guy Land can the, kind of... Land of the Dead. Yeah. Where the rich guy can kind of... But you don't get enough of the the decadence that's happening up above along with the struggle of people. And that's, this movie kind of does the same thing. So, it dawns on you. You go, oh, right. This is where all the... Like, the drug addicts and the poor people, and they run over here to get away from the repo men, and it's all falling apart and shit. But you don't see the other part, except shots of the CGI city, which, while I like it because it was of a done film, fairly cheap, this movie. It so. seemed overzealous. Um, like, there was also this uh, future... Like, it was obviously far into the future. I mm-hmm. mean, like, not just, like, Tomorrow, or it didn't seem to me because it was way advanced. I mean, it was city that was, my, yeah. you know. Um, but they, then there was things like they had iPhones, and there was like people with Macs on the desks. And- well, I don't mind that, you know why? Because that is the way it's going to be. There are going to be things that linger, and I like the com. I like the society. Now, I don't know if this is intentional, but I pick up on this thing. I made it up, maybe in my head. There's such a confused society. You've got the company that's giving you new organs all the time for anything that you destroy. If you're fat or you've got a bad heart. And then they're super indulgent. They're eating loads of meat and drinking a lot and fighting all the time. And you've got, like, very bad environmental things. Like this big, massive city that you can tell is just bad. And then they have, like, little environmental cars and... You know what I mean? It's like a confused society. Like it is now. But it's like, indulge all you want. You know? You're killing yourself. You're... But it doesn't matter because you can you get can, a new part. You can get everything. But in the end, you're gonna be so in debt that your life's gonna be shit anyway. So I kind of like. I don't know if that was intentional, but I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I'm, so I'm saying the ideas are actually the best part of the movie. I just think the execution of the movie was fairly poor. Like I felt like, like it. Well, you know how the dudes mentioned film schools a few times when we listened to the extras. I feel like a round table of young men trying to make something what's cool. cool. What's yeah. cool? I, I do believe that there was a lot of, we'll put this piece of music here, that's really cool. Slow motion scene here, that's cool. One guy even in one of the extras, while they're watching a scene, I don't know if it was it was the director or the whoever, they're watching a scene, he says, oh, they took out the cool music, now it's just boring. <laughs> like he does, you know. I don't. Like he had no control. I don't dig that because what that reminds me of is this group of people are making a fucking product. That's the way I felt like when you heard. I felt it when I was watching the movie, and then when I hear their attitude about it, I kind of got the same vibe. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the movie because it felt like it was. It felt substantial. It didn't feel too short or too long. I like all the people in it. I mean, I did really. You know, I love the square roundhead guy that you like to describe Liv him Schreiber. as. Liv Schreiber. I like him a yeah, lot. Yeah, but it's not. It the pieces of the puzzle. It, it's not like. It's also a smatterings of Minority Report. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not the like Minority Report. It's a good, based on a novel. Good idea. Well executed fun yeah. and also thought provoking 
this has got thought-provoking stuff. A lot of it. Kind right? of in-your-face thought-provoking. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, like... It's, it's not... Yeah. Yeah, there's, they don't beat around the bush. It's a cautionary tale of... I don't know, there's a couple things you can get. Don't indulge and... Um, really, that you're selling your life off when you yeah. do it. Not, not like, don't go into debt. I don't mean that. That's kind of a... <laughs> but, no. you know... Well, that that, that is you're fucked no matter what you do in this life because if you buy a house or a car or you indulge in anything's in luxury in your life to make it better or longer, you're screwed because somebody owns you. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it has message is, but it doesn't like Minority Report. It's not quite as polished as that, and it's and like I say, it's just clunky. Like it's clunky. I guess a that's, little bit. That's yeah, I agree. I. There was part. The, do you know um, Jude Law and his actual fa- his wife and his kid? Don't think that was. I mean, I, I couldn't agree. care less about them because I saw them for about two minutes before I was supposed yeah, to. Yeah, the opposite. I cared more about them than I did about him. <laughs> well, also, you didn't see enough of them interacting. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna uh, vomit. <laughs> <coughs> just cough. Actually. Charming. Uh, you didn't see enough of the, them as a family unit to actually, for me, to bother about them not being a family unit. If I think that's kind of the idea, though, because they weren't really, were they? They no. were strained already, so um, it worked. <laughs> the characters are kind of unlikable. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's very hard to like anybody if you think about it. I, I don't know if that's by design. No, I like or... the singer girl. She, there's nothing, she hasn't done anything duplicitous or evil or anything. No, she's, she's... about the only one, right? Yeah. Um... I guess that's the the thing. You can't, like, pick... You can pick up maybe that one thing or two couple of things where you can go, I really like that part or I like that about this. But, like, in general, I like the premise yeah. of it. But I also think the premise of it is a bit... It's not that complicated, is it? It's what it is, like, you know? It's not a absolutely thought-provoking piece like Brazil. So or, it's that, phrase, that thing that you say <clears> that... The sum of the whole isn't as good as the sum of the parts. Is that right? something like that? And parts is ap- applicable in this movie, isn't it? Yeah, because if you think of it, it's exciting and fun. It's got some good fight scenes, which I'm not usually a fan of, but I had a few good ones of those. It has some good gore that looked a little plasticky at times. Um, yeah, no, I, I hate Operation type, yeah. type stuff. <laughs> There's loads of it, and none of it even made me wince. So I, I think the music scene was one of the better ones, because that slowed you down. You know, the... yeah. That one slowed you down. You felt I felt more in tune with that dude and more compassionate and it was what a five minute thing and the singer girl than anybody else because you you know, the idea is you get yourself into debt, you don't pay your bills, you're a bad person. But you're not, right? But that's the big company attitude. And everybody else... And this company is also unflinching with the... uh, Unflinching. They're not like, um, oh, give them two weeks to pay up. It's just... No, you get three months. Yeah. And on the sixth day of the fourth month. But there's no, like... That day, somebody comes and takes that back, no matter what happens. And I guess the idea is, don't do it. But when, but when the people are in the company, like, signing up for hearts and stuff, they know damn well when they sign in the thing that they can't afford it. Because the guy's like... Yeah, it's like $600,000, $800,000. Nobody could ever afford this thing, but you can have it and you can pay 20% interest or whatever. So all the people who are having that stuff, it's a life and death thing, perhaps. You know, they're going to have a heart attack, they need a new heart. 
I like, guess then the the tale is the the thing is then. It's like the company is like God. I guess if um, you're gonna die, just accept it. Yeah, and nobody does though. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because I mean, if you're gonna die, as in you need a new heart, sign this piece of paper. We'll give you a million dollar heart, and you are forever in our debt. And the minute you fail, we're just gonna cut it out anyway. Yeah. So you're on borrowed time unless you're super rich. But that's that's the division. But the, one of the things I liked was when they show. Where they're making things and there's an infinite number. Yeah. Which means everywhere you turn, this company has managed to... And it's not just about hearts and livers and kidneys. It's about vanity, new colored eyes, eyes all, all kinds ears of that can enhance your hearing, um, new joints, um, probably lots of other parts for vanity Virtual sake. Like you could get lips. Yeah? Really? And yourself? No, I mean, they deal it. No, I'm talking about um, body parts that you can replace. It's not right. about saving your life every time. So let's say you go and you decide, I want the new eyes with the kaleidoscope feature and I can change the color of them. And that's going to cost me a million dollars. Surrogates was a uh, one with a with that a kind of... Uh, surrogates was far more interesting than this it movie. Really and was. That, and that was poorly executed and also. It was poorly executed, but when you think about it, it had a better, a different... Uh, now I, I'd have to listen to what I said, but when you think about it, that had a... More cohesive vibe. This one felt a little... Yeah, I don't... Indulgent at times. For yeah. like a 20, 30-something group of young men. No yeah. offense to the men, but going... Exactly. Oh, that'd be awesome! Well, that, that music's fucking awesome! Let's stick it behind there, even well, though it doesn't and, work. And interestingly enough, I like um, choices of music in movies, but some of the music in this movie was like totally... Um, it was like somebody said, that song's really cool in the clubs right now. Where can that go in this movie? Yeah. And then just play it. Um, and then when you're watching the scene, you're like, this scene would be way better with some, like, cool action music, but they're playing, like, a rave tune. It's, like, it's, it's odd. Like, I don't know if there was... Are they playing... Uh, they did a lot of old music. It just... I don't think that soundtrack worked in this movie. It was... You could have done it way better. I will say it doesn't work, because I don't think it's fair to say every action scene needs action music. Quentin Tarantino doesn't always put action music with And he does it perfectly. He's the master of right, music. Right, but what you're saying then isn't fair. You can't say, well, that doesn't have action music, so it doesn't work. But it felt like they cut the music really short in a lot of scenes. There's one scene where Forrest Whitaker's walking out of the house, and they play a little bit, everything's gonna be alright or whatever. Is it like a Bob Marley song? But it lasted like five seconds. And then you cut, and you're from a different angle. And, the and we also gone. did see the unrated version, which had extra stuff added. So maybe we just saw some. Maybe <laughs> there was some just quick crap that they put in there that wasn't in the original. If you get what I mean, like I wouldn't think scenes. that would. I'm think. I think the uncut would have been gore. And Probably stuff. a lot more gore. It was pretty gory, I would say. Um, that old boy sequence was pretty gory, and yes, there's a lot of mm-hmm. cutting people's hearts out and stuff. So if you're not into blood and guts, you might not like it. The unrated version. The, the other version as well, I'm imagining, because... I don't I mean, know, I think that you can really imply that stuff. Really, You can show him laying somebody down, and this the next one, second really he's got, like, it. a bloody plat. And the hearts and stuff are all pretty cool-looking. Yeah, like a chrome, like, almost yeah. like the Terminator's uh, heart or something. Yeah, it, it was pretty... I liked all that stuff, it was interesting. I just, overall, I just... When I come out of a movie sometimes, and I'm like, wow, that was really good. I love the music, I love who was in it, and I love... The story it was just mind blowing, but that was. Then let's that. just stop for a minute. It's not implausible. No, it's absolutely. In fact, that's one of the things about this movie. It really isn't. Um, that it's very 
believable that we could be in that the kind of position. The concept is like. to- because if you say in 300 years, we're still driving cars and we're still building buildings. Yeah, because it's shit. not ridiculous. It's not flying cars type of ta- type of. No, uh, no, but it's a global thing. You can tell there's lots of mishmash of cultures and stuff as well, and looks and styles and everything. So you get the idea that we've all sort of connected up, right? Yeah. So we're talking right now, internet. And everything we're connecting up, sort of, we're on the infancy of that. Say, 300 years, I don't know when this movie's set, but let's go 500 years in the future. It's not going to be flying cars and shit like that. It's going to be the same shit. We're going to have cars and houses and clothes and individuality. And the concept that they've been vented, organs that you can plunk in and just pay a company to do it. That's absolutely not... Science fiction, anyway, yeah, I agree. because we have um, artificial hearts, and all, we we have we're at the beginning of it. Exactly, but somebody you know, somewhere is going to figure it out. Somebody's right? figured figured it out. No, I mean figure out how to monetize it. Yeah, oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, well, you could, and then you could say, oh, it's it's just a um, the movie's just about healthcare and like yeah, yes, yeah, it, yes, it yeah, is definitely. That's, I mean, on a basic level, yes, it is. Like you can pay for an operation. But if you can't, well, not like if you can't afford an operation in America, they're going to come and rip your heart out. But they're just not going to do the operation. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. You can owe a hospital. You can, but if you, you get in and, and you owe the hospital, then you're in debt, right? Which nothing bad can come of that except you're in debt, right? Yeah, and I'm saying in today's day and age, if I'm having a heart attack and I have no insurance, a or doctor anything, can discontinue you as their patient if you refuse if you don't pay them after the, a while. So. Right, but it's not. What I'm saying is, we're not at the point where. Um, if I'm having a heart attack in the street and you phone an ambulance and they say, have I got insurance? And you say no. They're not just going to drive no, away. No. I mean, we're not at that point. No, no, no. But we could be in the future. You know? Where it- well, you could have it where every city has five different companies who own five different ambulances and you pay that company X amount of dollars, like insurance. This is not implausible. You say, no. I pay you $1,000 a year. So when I fall down or I have a heart attack and I call you, then you're the company that comes to... I think we, we forget doctors and healthcare systems. They're all companies. They're not government. They're not uh, charities. It's a company yeah, that's they all controlling pride. your health. So when you go to the doctor and you have like a pain or an ache, as I have had, and they go, well, we'll do this test, we'll do this thing, we'll give you some drugs. They're doing the least amount they possibly can because it's cost effective. So that this idea is totally possible. It like, is, and that's the best thing about it, the premise of the thing. Um, there's also, I was thinking that they compromised a lot during this, making this movie because... A telling thing was when we were watching the deleted scenes, the director said this was supposed to be a five minute car chase, but it turned into like a ten second two car collision. Three cars yeah. bumping in, you know what I mean? So I think it might have been more than it was, uh, but it just didn't happen. Because I, I believe it was a quite. I can be, I'm going to go on the record here and say that more money would not have helped this group of people make a better movie. No, I don't think so either. And it's not that it's a badly made movie, because it's actually fairly well made I mean it looks alright the sets are good yeah there are some scenes that are really lush like you just want to look at everything yeah like a minority report vibe like maybe not as good but like pretty good like where you're like well I kind of like this kind of seeing this kind you've not you've seen this kind of future a lot yeah of course yeah yeah I mean a a little it's not post-apocalyptic but it's um it's advertised even even when he's taking his kid to school the yeah. school has a flashing billboard selling the kids uh, soda pop. You know, like, it's like... 
And that's totally not impossible. No, that's, I, that is totally possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... We're, like, um, Pepsi, and I'm going to say, I'm going to give your school a million dollars, and therefore you're going to have Pepsi on your sign. I've seen school signs would, that have a Pepsi or Coke logo on the side, and then it says, like, Home of the Fighting Tigers, and then it has, like, t- don't forget to register your class. That's the same thing. Yeah, and things like when you go into a school nowadays... Oh, that is so evil, isn't it? Well, imagine if you go into a school nowadays, into the computer lab, and Pepsi... Gave this school the computer fifty a, fifty a, a Apple iMacs right. When whenever those iMacs are turned on, the Pepsi logo comes on before right. it starts. And then there's a Pepsi machine in the hallway. That's not that's not out of the realms of possibility to Absolutely happen today. Not. Like you wouldn't if that if a school if Pepsi said to a school, you, "We can give you all the computers you need, but they have to have the Pepsi screensaver or whatever." And we want it. a Pepsi machine on every every level of your school. Yeah, I mean that's. Totally possible. So, Not only is yeah, that possible, that's probably happens. I mean, I'm sure it does. I mean, well, you could say that Apple give um, computers to schools. Every, uh, absolutely, because I walked into Austin School the other day, walked in the computer lab, and boom! And 50, every computer has got the Apple IMX logo on, right? Staring so me right in the face. Nobody removes the Apple logo from them, so it's a big advertisement for Apple, isn't it? When you walk in that room, so yeah, we get into a weird. But this does have things like that where I was like, well, that's a pretty cool touch. And that's yeah. kind of like nothing. But uh, And it looks fairly good and some things don't look so good. But in general, it's... I think some of my favorite scenes were close up and intimate. And a couple of the fight scenes were really good. Like, um, the kind of like a born, I would say like a born kind of fight where you feel like, oh God, I was like, like really got a knee to the stomach kind of fight. Not the over-choreographed kind of fight. Some of them are, but in this, there were a couple that I was like, oh, dang, dang. When I was reading trivia about this movie, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio also was going to do this role, um, the Remy. Is it called Remy? Yeah, mm-hmm. Jude Law's role. Would have been kind of different w- with um, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. Yeah, he's more... I don't know why, but I see him more intense. Jude Law is a little more of a lad to me. He is. Jude, yeah. <laughs> I'm not 100% clear, in my mind, whether I think Jude Law's any good, to be honest. Because, <laughs> like, what he's in, I always think, hey, he was alright. I mean, he's never, it's never anything where I'm, like, astounded by... But where Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm generally floored by him, like, so... I don't know... What, by him. Yeah, by him, that's what I mean. So Jude Law, I don't know. I find Jude Law very captivating, though. And it's not his... It, combined with his looks... The accent, because you know me, I'm a sucker for an accent. But there are some people that just command, like the the woman in this movie. She's one of those. I just, I'm like this, like I'm, I'm staring at her, and I want to watch her talk, and I want to listen the way she moves, and she seems, I don't know. I'm just. I didn't into write her. her down on the casting. <gasps> you just didn't. Oh, no. well, I'm going to find her. We have to say her name. All right, so let's let's move on to the cast. Uh, okay. So Jude Law plays Remy. We were just talking about Jude Law. Um, yeah. Can you think of a movie with Jude Law in it that you really loved because of Jude Law? <laughs> I can't even think of a string of movies. I know he's in AI. Sherlock Holmes. I liked him in Sherlock Holmes. It's not because no, of I him. No, I did, though. I did, actually. I agree. I disagree with you. I did like him in that. Yes. Um, I can't even think of any much. Ri- I can't think There's gonna of... going to be a lot. What was he in? Like the, I mean, we don't, don't have to look it up, but what was he in that... Um, that... What series of movie is he famous for, or anything? Or is he? He was in Alfie, right? I never saw that one, I don't think. Road to Perdition, All the King's Men, Breaking and Entering, The Holiday. 
Um, Sherlock Holmes, as we mentioned, Rage, Sleuth, um, AI. Oh, yeah. Cold yeah. Mountain. Cold Mountain, he was alright. Played like a Civil War yeah. dude, whatever. Um, talented, Mr. talented Mr. Ripley. Enemy at the Gates. That's a good one. Enemy at the Gates, yeah, that was. Yeah. Talented Mr. Ripley is the one. Love, I Honor, and Obey. Because that's a good movie. I don't necessarily. He was young in that. As what was well. that about? Love, Honor, and Obey was the uh, mob, fee- mob, mobby one, right? Was it like a semi comedy kind of thing? Oh, no. I don't remember. With um, yeah. Ray Winstone. I think so. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was kind of. It, it was violent, but kind of Sadie funny. Sadie Frost, Johnny Lee Miller, Jude Law, Ray Winstone, Kathy Burke. Sean yeah, I know. Hartley. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie, that, yeah. But oh. it's not because of Jude Law. Rice by Rice Ephons. Oh, or Reese Ephons. Reese. <laughs> All right, so um, let's. Who's next on the cast? Who we got? Uh, let's talk about her, Alice Braga. Alice. Is that what she's called? Alice Braga. And she's from. Um. Wasn't she in Aliens vs. Yeah, Predators? She was the chick. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was thinking I'd seen her recently. Yeah, so she, yeah. she was in Predators. Oh, and Blindness. Blindness was. Yeah, she good. was in Blindness, you know, too. The more I think about it, Blindness. It's good. The more I liked it. It's creepy and weird. and... I've, I actually got the book, so I'm really going to read good. it. The oh, book's awesome. supposed to be really good. Um, and I Am Legend. She was the chick. Yeah, she was, yeah. I Am Legend. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we do. Yeah, she is. She is good. Probably the best one in it. I agree. Um, Forrest Whitaker as Jake. Um, I, I've never like liked him tons. I, I like Ghost Dog, right? It's like one of those roles, though, like with Keanu Reeves, where he just fits yeah, that role. Yeah, he fits it. But then other and things. Then you think I, the movie's awesome because of him, but it's because he just suits him. That I, and I never saw the one where he played. He, what was the Oscar one that he did the other year, where he was playing like a head of state or something? Oh yeah, Last King, Amina, last King of uh, Scotland. I never saw that one. He was also that. the dude from. Um, he was also in um, Crying Game, right? What was Forrest Whitaker in that? Yes. Um, yeah, I um, in this one. I mean, it's it's not really a stretch for anybody. I don't think his role. I mean, and I don't mean to be rude, but I could think of other people that I think would have given it a little more. I don't know. I feel like he's too nice of a guy. And then I have no idea why Do I think that. You mean to be like a badass? <laughs> you have to be like the bully, mm. hateful, let's just fucking kill everybody kind of guy. Mm. Do you know but what I mean? there again, Ghost Dog. But there again, yeah, he was but, a... Yeah. He, was a uh, he had... Heart. Yeah. He was a killer <laughs> with heart. He was a samurai like with Like Leon, heart. I guess. Like a Precisely. killer with heart, yeah. Now yeah. see, those are two movies where you've got a bad guy. He's the antagonist. But he's also... I mean, he's the pro... But he, and he's the bad anti-hero. guy. Antihero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you do, there's something about the way it's written and the way they do it and everything around it that makes you go, yeah, I have to think I have some sympathy for this guy and yet he's a complete monster, but... Yeah, because like in Leon, Leon is a hitman who kills people for a living, which is horrible, right? But you feel for him completely the by the end. The way it's designed and put together, you just, you fall for it completely, I think. Because there's another side to him. Yeah, and in this one, you don't get that, don't get I don't think, size. from either of them. In fact, the, yeah, the character that Forrest Whitaker plays is yeah, kind of, you wouldn't like him anyway. Yeah, he's 100% <laughs> um, balls out, dude, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, not, and then Jude not Law, a family they, man or anything They kind of like salt that. and pepper Jude Law's character with the, he's a writer, he's a poet. But they forget about that. They, don't they forget about the, <laughs> yeah. like, like, they focus really hard on the, um... 
What's the what's the thing at the beginning? The uh, Schroeder's cat or whatever. The, yeah, yeah. The, Explain that. Is that to try and make the movie seem clever or something at the beginning, did you think? And then they show him typing on a typewriter like he's this poet guy. But then at points you for- they almost forget that side of his character completely. Like it's um but I don't there's see another that way. choppy thing, I think. I disagree. I think that it came up when it needed to. Like a like a Like twice. Like a like a l- little device. It wasn't flushed out but And that's why I thought his son and wife they were there as a yeah. to gr- to ground the Jude Law character, so you could say, "Oh, well, he's a he's a father or whatever." But I don't think that worked either because there wasn't enough. I don't know. Maybe it was just the, the son and the um, because we didn't see enough of. Oh, them, I think or... they were. I love. But I love the chick yeah, who played it, his wife. It was so brief. Like it was the woman. I mean, she was really good. If you weren't paying attention, you might not even see I disagree with you completely because I was more compelled by those scenes and by her it was so short though but she was totally you totally understood that she is frustrated in this marriage because he chooses to have a job that keeps him away from his family every single scene she totally lets you know that well and beautifully uh, and do a horrible it's a horrible job that she's not Right, but I'm saying though as far as the family and the wife and the husband relationship she totally does it I mean I felt like her little parts, as you want to say, were more powerful to get her character across than Forrest Whitaker. Let's, let's just think maybe the book was a lot better. Probably just more full Repo of details. Mambo or something it's called. Right? Repossession Mambo. Yeah. There's also... I don't know if this movie is related, but there's also a musical movie called uh, Repo... And it's also about taking organs out of people. Repos something or other. It was a couple of years ago. I don't know if that is also another adaptation of this book. Mm. It's like Repo a Love Story or Repo an Opera or something. But there was another one. I didn't see it, but I saw a trailer for it. And I remember thinking, oh, that's an interesting premise. And it was a similar thing. People having their organs took back. I don't know. But that was a musical. So um, maybe that is a better interpretation of this book. Or maybe this book's really good and this movie... I don't feel this movie captured whatever it's supposed to be fully. So, um, Liv Schreiber as a Frank. Really boring name, (laughs) Frank. Well, that's because he's the salesman of a big company and he sits in his office all day and sells shit to people that they do or don't need questionably. He has no heart, so to speak. And my observation... He's he's absent to heart. My observation of him, uh, from looking at him this time, was (laughs) he has a very round face... But a very square head. <laughs> At the same time, he's round and square. And I've told you before, I find him infinitely attractive. And I cannot just... I don't know which part of him it is. It's the way he... He seems really powerful to me and like... He always plays the same type of guy. Oh, no, I disagree. No, I think I, you're I, stereotyping. I no, he, 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 he's... If anybody's stereotyped, he is. No, he's not. He wasn't a businessman in the one where I, he's I either can a, imagine... He's either a politician, uh, high up in the police, like a... Sent uh, or a um, I, I know I'm seeing him right now as a down and dirty getting shit beat out of him and not because he's so there's some movie I've seen down and dirty getting uh, that might have been once or something but he's generally like politician Man- Mancurian Manchurian candidate there's a guy Mancunian no, Manchurian not Man- Manchurian yeah. <laughs> um, not, it's not about Manchester uh, alright so uh, yeah he's Pretty good, I think. Leo but, and what's her face? He was in that one. 
he's pretty good and I don't um, there's not a lot to work with again like characters like characters I mean it's it's he's ta- they're taking the piss out or making fun of for the American translation taking the piss out of we all have experienced it as an adult you go to buy a car you go to buy a TV you go to buy a house and there's somebody there right duplicitous motherfuckers pardon my language who only have closing that deal as a game in their mind, right? So you're their prey. And they will say anything and do anything with a straight face. Totally believe it. You do it for yourself. Do it for your family. You know you need to. You know you want to kind of thing. That's the guy he is. Yes. The asshole with the pen in his hand handing it to you with that look on his face like, come on. Uh-huh. Go ahead. And he does a really good job of it because obviously he's experienced it just like the rest of us. And, and then a couple of cameo parts. The RZA plays T-Bone. Um... Riz is famous for a lot of uh, music. Uh, Tarantino's used him his music in Kill Bill. Oh, I didn't have no idea who he is, and I can I'm shocked that you put him on there instead of the woman. I, I did that before I'd even seen the um, right. movie. Um, so, and I know who the Riz is. Um, he's a rap uh, slash uh, producer. He did a good job. Um, yeah, he did do a good job actually, and he's been in other. I think he had a small part in Kill Bill actually, but um, he's he does some good tunes. Uh, a lot of the Kill Bill music. Uh, and John Leguizamo... And let's just say, he plays he plays a musician... He does. ...who he's, owes the IRS a lot of money and obviously has an organ that's been... Owns a, yeah, and uh, Jude Law comes to... Uh, <laughs> visit. We, yeah. <laughs> you don't want Jude Law to visit you. <laughs> and then John Leguizamo as uh, Asbury. And if you blink, you'll miss him. Because... He's I mean, it's a poignant thing because it's just a. To- it's also it's another device to show you how the society works. You've got the big company selling you the parts for millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Legitimately, then you've got the vultures. Yep. Who farm these organs? Is the black market ones from dead people? Then they clean them up, scrap the the serial code, which of course we all know from like stealing cars and guns and all kinds of shit, and then have somewhere acquired the skills or have a an underground group of people who can do these surgeries. Yep. Seem, seemingly implausible, but you know you learn shit, don't you? If you got to learn it, you got to learn it. And then they then make they're like the bottom feeders, so it's like this whole chain of like. Yeah, because there, is, there is. is other ways of getting these organs if you want them. I mean, you don't have to go to this big company. What's the company called again? Union. The Union. You don't have to go to them. You can take other means, which this the lady who you like yeah, had yeah. took other means at lots of points. So, yeah, it is the other. But, yeah, John, he's good, but it's very brief. I mean, it's brief. You wouldn't say it was a movie with him. It's not, no, it's not no, you know, he's, featuring John Leguizamo. No, uh, he's about this, got about the same involvement as the RZA does in his yeah. little part. Although I like him. I like the John Leguizamo. I mean, it, it's one of those uh, come and go with his yeah. movies. But Now, this is directed by Miguel Sapo... I can't say that name. That's a hard one. Sapochnik? Sapochnik? Yeah. Now, he hasn't directed a oh, movie. Oh, Sapochnik. He hasn't directed a movie before, but he was on the art department for Train Spotting. And a life less ordinary. So mm, life less ordinary. Both Danny Boyle movies. So he must have had dealings with Danny Boyle at some point in the. Um, yeah. I mean, and the the art. If he was in the art department for Train Spotting, that that was one of the best. Yep. Art department type. I said movies that you can movie you could take screenshots and they yeah. are designed like art. So he hadn't directed other movies, just this one. Um, but he had been involved in those. So I feel like. 
as the director, then you've got the writers, the producers, Hollywood, you got Jude Law, Forrest Whitaker, etc., etc. He's also his, British with maybe a name his, like that. Maybe his, his vision of it got a little bit dampered down or taken away because of all these other factors. Because if he was... Unless he's just kind of semi-shitty and he got lucky with train spotting and Lifeless Ordinary. But I feel like there's a lot of forces working against this movie when it comes to let's keep it snappy, let's keep it dynamic, let's put this in and, you know, that kind of thing. If he's really artsy, it wouldn't have had a lot of the bluntness that I think that it does. Right. And again, like I said, yeah. he could have just got lucky with the other two. Well, yeah, and it, you just worked on the art department in those movies. So, I mean, that might have been when he was coming up. I mean... That was a long time ago. Yeah. Train spotting. So. And he's done nothing ever since? There's nothing listed on IMDb, but after those, and then this, he directed it. How do you go from, like, working on the art department of a movie, like, 15 years ago, to nothing in the film industry, to making, like, a big Hollywood movie all of a sudden? How does that happen, I wonder? <laughs> like, that doesn't mean he's not doing nothing. Not doing well, anything. nothing in the. It doesn't have anything for, like, he's not set design for this or gaffer for that. I Do you mean, think what Chief D said was true the other day? Did you listen to that when he said, if you're on it, IMDb, you put yourself on there. Right, it's true, yes. You have to pay a monthly fee true. or it all goes away. Now, then Mom no, it doesn't all point. go away. No, that's what he said. Anything that you add. No, he said, yeah. if it's on there and you don't pay, then all the details that have been added since you joined go away. Now, that can't be true because every single person you look up on there is not paying them a monthly fee. Their agents probably are. No, every single person, all the little gaffers and the, the... Well, part of your agents, if you've got an agent... Yeah, I'm not talking about big stars. I mean, you can look at the whole list of cast and crew right. and craft service. I don't know, maybe if you're in the no, I think that's in mis- I think that's incorrect. Well, I do know that they do, if you don't pay for that pro version, I know that you can have three months for free and then you can make your own page and add to it and stuff, but if you don't carry on paying, they do take that page away. Right, but Tom Cruise didn't make his own page. It- well, maybe maybe they make exceptions for... No, see, no, I think it's shit. I think that's bullshit. I mean, they're not going to pull Tom Cruise's page off IMDb because he doesn't pay $20 or whatever. That's my point. They're not going to pull anybody's because he can't, you know? Um, so, yeah. The, um, so, yeah, he's a British director. Um... I can't say whether I can't say whether he's good or not because this is just like it was almost like a run of the mill job. Guy. What I felt like take a couple of those intimate scenes between Jude Law and um, the woman, right? The in the window, the kind of like intimate thing with the typewriter and all those, and then a couple of the really up close and personal scenes with Whitaker and him. You know, the friendship breaking down scenes. Those are really substantial and really good. They're longer. They're kind of you know dialogue heavy. They look good. I feel like that is more representative of him than the long shots of the CGI city and the, all that kind of stuff. So maybe if he would scale it down a little bit and yeah. make a little more intimate movie off his own back, then it would be we could see more of him. Now this movie didn't get these the um, <laughs> deluxe uh, Blu-ray treatment, um, so it's just a single disc Blu-ray, no digital copy, no DVD. Um, Theatrical version and unrated version are included on the same disc. You can just select it from the menu. Uh, so, extras, deleted <coughs> scenes. I'm going to cough now. There are, <coughs> there are some deleted scenes, uh, all presented in a little box in the middle of the screen. <laughs> yeah, out of <coughs> um, aspect ratio. And uh, none of them particularly interesting. No. The, the, this commentary over the scenes with the, from the director. Which, um, unfortunately, tells me more about them than I wanted to know. Right. Uh, and the writer. Um, there's 
U-Control, uh, which is Universal's U-Control, features picture-in-picture and uh, the Artiforge tech specs. Those are good. The Artiforge tech specs, actually, uh, when they show you an organ in the movie... An Artiforge is what the organs are called. Yeah. They're not called organs, they're called artificial... Forge. So when you see one in the movie... There's an overlay that pops up with all the specs about it, like how much it costs, how it works, the the science fiction behind. Yeah, it's like if you were going through a catalog online to pick an organ for it, yourself. Yeah. It has like it tells you about the valves and how much blood it'll pump, and or you know all the features of it and what so it's that, made out that's of. That's kind of cool. It was would. really cool. I thought. And then there's a picture in picture mode, which is behind the scenes interviews with Jude Law, the director, some on the set stuff. You know your regular. What would you call it? Down the scenes. Yeah. It's actually called uh, Picture in Picture. With one click, you can cast and crew interviews behind the scenes footage. All right, that's what it is. Um, deleted scenes, the Union commercials, which is actual series of commercials that they made that are in the movie on screens and things. Um, yeah. For the Union. So, like, kind of funny, too. They're yeah. actually pretty funny. Um, especially that second one we watched. Yeah. Because one of the things in the movie is this new network, like a brain, a neural network... That if your loved one, like, they've got everything covered, basically. You need a heart, you get a heart, you need a liver, you get a liver. If you have brain damage, you're in a coma, your loved ones or whomever can pay for a plan that you plug everything into the person's brain. And you're, and you're living like a fantasy in your mind instead of just nothingness. And this commercial is where you can download a wife, a wife yeah. of whatever country, ethnic, cultural, which is kind of interesting. And then you've got... Inside the visual effects, which is a brief, they show you, it's about six minutes long. It's pretty good. Shows you all the green screen, they did. Um, brief enough with those two talking. And the the director talking over the top uh, with the writer. And then there's a full feature commentary with the director and the writers. Um, and that's about it, I think. BD Live, there was nothing on there. Even now? No, we had luck. There was nothing on. There was just trailers for other movies, remember? Oh, right. Um, and that's the lot on the disc. Oh, it's D-Box um, motion enabled, which, for this movie... The only thing you I do is some it. fights. Yeah. Does it make it come punch you in the head every time? The... So, um, yeah, and the cover's actually very uninteresting, I've got to say. Yep. Uh, it's not... It wouldn't make a good poster. No. So, um, yeah, that's Repo Man. Uh, I... It's a rental for me. It's, yeah. It was fun it for is. a couple of hours, but I can't say I'll remember it in a year's time. Like, it's not something that I'm going to want to go back to. I wouldn't say. You know? Um, if it came, if I was turning channels and I'm cooking and it came on, Maybe. I would leave it on. Because there are moments I really do enjoy. Perfect for when you're cooking, watching people get the hour <laughs> Right, so... I actually enjoyed it. I just feel like it was slapped together a little it bit. It was exactly what I expected, funnily enough. After seeing that... Don't see the trailer, like I said earlier. Because <laughs> they really show you too much. But what the trailer offers is what you get, pretty much. Unless... The thing is, though, say we're not... You and me, we're not us. We're right. not who we are. We're, we're easily titillated by things. This is the kind of movie that would titillate you because there's cutting, there's blood, there's a little bit of sex... There's violence. There's spectacular music. futuristic stuff. There's little snippets of music. And, and then in there, there's a little bit of a message. But you can ignore that if you don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're maybe digging too deep sometimes with movies. but So uh, that's Repo Man. Um, My recommendation is watch Repo Man instead. And I say rent it. Um, it We're well, we'll getting both. 
watch this one, and then watch Repo Man. And it's nothing to do with Repo Man, but no, no, absolutely nothing. So, um, uh, thanks to Universal for uh, letting us review the disc um, contest. I've got a new contest on the site, which I added yesterday. Um, you sound excited. Which you can go and win a copy of this. This uh, movie has got a strange names, so I have to. Um, Why don't you ever give her anything cool like earrings or tattoos? Because we're a movie site. <laughs> um, you can give away a movie themed tattoo. My son, my son, what have ye done? Oh, is dear. the title of the is that a British comedy? It's um. No, it's not a comedy. <laughs> it's uh, David Lynch Presents. Oh, look who's on the cover. Yeah, David Lynch Presents, uh, and it's uh, inspired by a true story. Willem Dafoe? Yeah, and that guy who I always forget his name. It's not Colin, no. No, it's not. It's like, it's uh, a well, guy that you don't Why remember. are you giving this away and we haven't even seen it? Because it, it's actually not out for another month and a half, so... Oh, right. when it, so when if you win it, you're not going to get it for a month and a half. It tells you on the, on the uh, competition. So, uh, yeah, you can win a copy of that or a copy... Of, there's also another Halo Well, and Defoe's one of those, too, when you, you question sometimes the quality versus the quirkiness. Yeah. You definitely. know, like, mm, why do I really like him? Because he acts like a crazy man or right, because Nicholas he's Cage. really good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, next week's uh, review will be The Square on Blu-ray disc, and that is, like I said to you earlier, an Australian movie that you probably won't awesome. know anything That's about. All I need you to won't know. know anybody in it, and you won't know anything about Brilliant. it. Brilliant. So, so yeah, the square. Um, now, movie recommendations for this week. I decided to go with the original Repo Man with uh, Emilio. <gasps> I am shocked Emilio. at your obvious. Now, choice. I'm a big fan of Alex Cox, who directed Repo Man, um, and my first, almost some of my first, like. When I first got into movies, and yes, I'd watched movies before, you're probably going to say, oh, you're, I was 11 years old, and I'd seen movies before that, Star Wars and stuff, but this is kind of what got me into watching all kinds of movies. Yeah. So Alex Cox, who's the director of Repo Man, had this show on BBC Two, a British TV channel, called Movie Drome, and it was on a, I think it was a Friday night, and he came on, and he's a pretty serious He's, very, he's like Tarantino, he knows everything about movies. He'd come on and he'd talk for about 15 minutes about a movie that inspired him or something he loves. And it'd be something so obscure and weird. Like, that's how I got to see David Lynch films and stuff, because he, he would come on, talk about it, and then he'd say, okay, now let's watch the movie, and afterwards we'll have a discussion about it. So that movie drum was this... And this is in England on BBC Two or whatever, yeah. which means they have no commercials. Yeah, so exactly. So you get to so know uh, Alex Cox, come on, you talk about what he's going to show, he'd show the movie, and then there'd be a discussion with him afterwards. So it was like a film class almost for these movies. Like I saw Wild at Heart by David Lynch wow. the first time. Um, he obviously showed his own Repo Man. That's nice. where I first saw Repo Man. Um, so I'm a big fan of his because he's like, did you know there's a sequel to Repo Man that came out last year by Alex Cox called no. Repo Chick? No. Yeah, he did a sequel to it. So we better is it on Netflix. I can't find it anywhere, but uh, it's on uh, Netflix. It's on uh, IMDb, and it definitely came out. And he directed it. The same guy. I'd have so, to watch Repo Man and then watch it. So um, I'm a big fan of uh, him. Now, a mo- another movie he introduced me to. I would say Alex Cox introduced me to, well, and it was on one of the movie drama episodes. Was Rumblefish. Now, right. it's nothing to do with Repo Man. It's just a memory. It links a, a memory together. When I think of Repo Man, I think of Rumblefish. Which is also a 
odd movie, right? Mm. I mean, in the way Repo Man's a, Repo Man's a really odd movie yeah. if you think about it. So, and I think that's how I got into David Lynch and stuff because I watch these movies what he used to show, and I'd be like, these are like. This is like mind blowing. Yeah, like I, I didn't know there was movies like this. I thought Star Wars was movies. You know, you never, you never told me that story. I love that about no, so you. That's where they, they link together. Because so. that goes with my late night thing, where I would stay up, you know, one in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday, go into the room where we had the shitty TV with the knobs and everything, and sit as like my face was inches away with the sound turned down so low so no one would know I was up watching movies because it was like the late night after midnight feature or whatever, and sit there watching things like Helter Skelter and shit like that, you know what I mean? Like, and um, I think I watched Exorcist on a late night movie once, and isn't it funny what that sparked you to love movies and me to love movies, whereas my friends couldn't have gave a shit. They didn't care any more about movies than... They didn't care. Like I feel that that show was partially responsible for me liking kind of avant-garde, off-the-wall movies a lot. Because it like digs into you a little bit more when you're young. Because I, like, I, I kind of connected with it. I was you're like, kind of confused. You're like, I don't understand it completely. But, this but is it's like, weird and cool. I want to watch the next one he puts on because I... This one was awesome. Like, I saw Wild at Heart by David Lynch. I was, like, 11 or something, or 12, or whatever. <laughs> and I watched it, and I thought, that's something I shouldn't really be watching, I'm sure, because it's, like, really effed up. But, like, I, I dig it. Like, I really dig it. So, every week he came out, you know, he showed things like a razor head, and... Does he do that? He should still do that. That'd he, be awesome. Apparently he doesn't, but... Um, That'd be good. But, yeah, it would be a good show. So, Rumblefish and Repo Man. Man. Repo Man. Yeah. Yes. Repo Man, by the way, is Emilio Estevez, Harry Dean Stanton... If you've never heard of it, directed it. by Alex Cox. Yeah, watch it because it's bizarre and it's from the '80s, so it's got that '80s vibe and it's Emilio Estevez when he was young and you. It's almost it's it's got a David Lynch thing to it. It's cheapy and it's but kinda... it's got a, it's got a like this points in the movie where you're actually not sure what is happening <laughs> yeah, like, anymore. Like, did some of this get cut out? Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> like that's it. Which I like. I love that. And my recommendations are we've mentioned them actually. Minority Report. Because the concept of a very controlled sort of society, culture, world culture that's very controlled by advertising and in the, that one, law enforcement and your behavior is monitored and all that kind of stuff. And I, kind I think of, it's a really good and one. And it's well done. Yeah, it's well done. And AI, because it's another one where people are so indulgent that we have come to develop, you know androidy robotic types to f- to replace people in our lives or to serve us or whatever and i think that's another one of those you know when you step over the boundary of indulgence even if it comes to i have a bad heart i want to live longer there's always a price to pay and it's not just the cash there's something that you cross over i think as humans where we're trying to outlive what we should yeah, and it's not—it's not good. There's always a bad outcome to it. So. You could—you could also probably add iRobot. Also, yeah, I liked iRobot. And you could also yeah, yeah. buy Centennial Man. I never saw Centennial Man. No, no. Well, you could. Yeah, I should watch. Probably it. add that too. That's on Netflix. Instant streaming, by the way. Oh right, I should so watch. Should I mean, watch. I think I've seen a little bit of it, but I never sat down and watched it because it was kind of a period where I went off of Robin Williams. It's actually good. I don't know why. I had a phase. I, I must have seen something. I mean, it's, heard not, it's not as good as Minority Report. No, no, no. But it's good the in concept. its own way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those are mine. Minority Report AI. And uh, I'll add... That's a Stephen King movie, by the way. That's Stephen King. Steven Spielberg. Yes. They're, yeah. they're pretty similar. 
Uh, right, so uh, games and A-Scully stuff for this week. Uh, I actually played Heavy Rain again. Well, I didn't. My nephew did. And no, I kind of assisted. Um, it's kind of a funny game because I played it all the way through and his version was different than mine completely. Yeah. Like, there was whole scenes that I'd never seen before, so... Because he made different choices than you did. Yeah, or he m- made mistakes or did better than I did in certain right. spots. Because it's not totally about your choices. If you're in a, engaged in a fight scene in that game and you actually miss some of the inputs, well, then it could go a totally different way. So his went totally different. You saw the ending. and mm-hmm. the, uh, I don't want to give Heavy Rain no, away. No, no. Because if you know, you know. Yeah, and it's quite and good. You, I didn't know. I've really seen good. you play it, a lot of it. I didn't know. You didn't see me play it because you were on holiday when it so came out. So you started. No, you didn't because it... I saw the demo then. You saw the demo, that's yeah, what you saw. where the guy was moving stuff around yeah, his hands. Yeah, where he was at the crime scene yeah. looking at the pollen and stuff on the floor. Yeah, but you... It came out when you were on holiday and I played it through. I remember playing it. Nobody was here. I was on my own. I played it all the way through. Um, but yeah, it's a really good game. Good story. The only thing that I said when I reviewed it back is... Like, they use non-English speakers for the voiceovers. They're all French. But doing American voices, it kind of... Ruins well, they're it, not but. non-English speakers, then, are they? Well, what I mean is... English isn't their first language. Yeah, so they often they sound French speaking English. So And it kind of ruins the illusion occasionally, because the movie, the, the movie, the game is set in the US, you know, and they're all supposed to be right. American. Um, but the game is... looks at, First off, looks amazing. Still does. I mean, it's only not even a year old, is it? It came out in February, I think. Um... But it's the kind of game that you could... Like, if somebody new comes along, visits you or whatever, you say, do you want to play this game? You could sit and watch it again. You know? And there's a lot of violence and sex and stuff, so I was a little bit like, oh, but, you know. Yeah, it's... It's quite violent. That scene with her in her underwear, that's very violent for... I wouldn't recommend that to just anybody. No. You know, no. I think you're totally anesthetized to violence and shit. You need to get over that. Because it's not good for every brain to have those fights and shit in their mind. Anyway, talking of violence, uh, <laughs> I also... Um, it's only one more week until Mafia 2 comes out. Um, Speaking of violence. Yeah. Um, um, Mafia 2 is the sequel to Mafia, which was a game that came out... I swear it was eight, nine, ten years ago. It was a long time ago. When I first was into PC games. No, you played Mafia here. It was no, I didn't play it. Here. I might have played it again here, and it was only available on the PC uh, when it came out. Um, oh, you're right. It was apartment. Yeah, yeah. So it's a long time ago. Now Mafia Two is coming out next week, but they put the demo out of it this week, um, which is like one of the missions. And this time it's set in the 1950s, as opposed Did to. Did you the... get quite titillated? Yeah, it's actually really, really good. Um, I played the PC demo, funnily enough, not the 360 one. Looks amazing on the PC. Um, runs really smooth. You can use the Xbox controller. It kind of adapts itself. If you, It's really weird. If you load it up on the PC and don't have your Xbox controller plugged in, all the whenever it tells you what to do, like press uh, your left mouse button to do this, if you plug the Xbox controller in, it suddenly changes to press the blue button. It knows yeah. that you've put it in that. It's a really nice feature, that. So, it's not like this gesture you're making with your yeah. hand, as if you're plugging a USB port thing into the side of well, your Well, that monitor. would be wrong, because I'd be going... Yeah, but you have... Yeah. <laughs> he has a monitor with USB <laughs> things on the side, and he's yeah. gesturing. Yeah, and the thing where... Okay, we're not the only ones, right? <laughs> where you try to plug in a USB thing, and it won't go. Yeah. So you flip it over, and it won't go again. So you flip it over to the original I position. I call it the USB dance. And it goes in like... 
No, it, no, it doesn't go in. It, it does for me always on the third try. Oh, for, if it's third try One, for you, two, you're very lucky. You know what it is for me? It's like, three, four, and then I'll be like, I'll actually take it away and I'll look inside it and think, okay, so the plastic bit is there. And then look at the thing, <laughs> and the plastic bit's there. And then I've, I know I've got it the right way, and it still doesn't go in. I'm, like, jabbing at it. So, I don't know. USB's weird. I know, yes, they do fit together. Is there some magic going on there? Because it's always... <laughs> it's always... I never have just gone... It's no. like, you hold it in your hand, you're like, come on, come on. Yeah, with like USB a, stuff. Like a, like a slot machine. Yeah. Come on, you can do it. Come on. And it's never No, right. never. And I'm always coming with my USB stick to put some videos on. And every time I go, I, this, I'm going to be stood here for a few minutes, flicking this around. Just I, memorize. Put, you do what my grandma used to do. Okay, here's my grandma's method. She had a radio in the kitchen. Right? Always to listen to, like, the hog markets and stuff, because my grandpa owned stockyards, and then to listen to the obituaries, of course. And... She got sick and tired of the grandchildren changing the station because, goodness forbid, we wanted to listen to music instead of talk radio. <laughs> so she took a fingernail polish nice. and she put a big blob right on the number, right on the front of the radio where she wanted the thing to be. And on the knob where you spin it, she put a blob when it was at the spot it needed to be at the top. So if it got rolled down, she could just roll it up and it'd be in the... Right. I don't know. So there you go. We'll get you some fingernail polish. It doesn't matter if I get it the right way or not. I'm still going to poke it at a thing. Anyway, Mafia 2. um, It's really, really good. I love the first Mafia game. A lot of people didn't because they said, well, this was a game set in the 1930s and all the cars were really slow. And yes, all the cars were really slow. They went about 25 mile an hour tops. But and people it's said, well, how can you have a car chase in a 25 mile an hour car? Well, the cops were also going 25 mile an hour, so it was a car chase. But I get the point, but like this is the fifties, so sports cars are in, and and racing had begun. The music on the radio. Post-war. I mean, they only give you a little bit in the demo, but you know it's Buddy Holly and the Shangri Las, that kind of music on the radio. I, I always love games like Grand Theft Auto kind of games where the radio sets the scene for the game when you're in because you're in a car a lot. So the music just sets the scene, doesn't it? You know. Um, so this is a the story, you know, a mafia story which is always intriguing for me. I think it has the best collectibles in a game ever. And the collectibles are, and this is like kind of What's cool. What's a collectible in a game? You know where you like have to find the pigeons in Grand Theft Auto? No. Or the orbs in Crackdown? I know that one. Right, those are collectibles. Like things that are hidden in the open world that you will find and once you collect them all you'll get something, an achievement. Well, the collectibles in this game are 50 high resolution um Playboy centerfolds. Nice. Like, actually, the real Playboy, you know, sponsored by Playboy. So it's like, um, from, back from... Playboy the, didn't start till like, 1957. Well, when it, whenever it, from, whenever it started up to, like, huh. um, they're just in there. They, they did some kind of thing with Playboy, but I found one, and it's... Oh, the, it should have been pinups from the war. Well, that, this, that was the point. I found one. And it was like a 1950s Playboy page, you know, the centerfold. Mm-hmm. And then it shows it your full screen in high def. Mm, nice. And it's not censored, it's obviously the, f- the proper thing. You get the whole wag. Yeah. Um, best collectibles ever, I said. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, I thought that was a cool idea, because, you know, it fits in with the Mafia and, uh, you know what I mean? So, And yeah. you know it's Playboy. Because it has uh, so it's 50 like, years of it's Playboy. It's like the Pepsi company infiltrating the school. Yeah, this is with grown is. men going, oh, Playboy, I think I, I think I want to go buy Playboy. You know about finding the uh, 50 pigeons in uh, Grand Theft Auto? Well, I think I'd rather find 50 play- Playmates. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just thought I was a cool um, little 
I think it was celebrating 50 years of Centrefold or something. But um, Mafia 2, it's out, it's out not this week, the week after. I can't wait. I mean, I, Every woman loves to hear that her man is excited about finding <laughs> pictures of naked women randomly in a video game. That, it's not just that. This it's game, not enough that you're killing and you're becoming a mafioso, but that you get this to game is also will naked also, bits and pieces. I think the game will also be um, will be a really good game because I really dig that first game. Not a lot of people probably played and finished that first game. I did. I remember it to this day. The ending was amazing. You enjoyed the whole thing, and the ending was amazing. It was one of my favorite endings for a game. Um, and this one. I've heard it's less open world. This one, they've tried. I oh. mean, it is open world, like Grand Theft Auto, but they've tried. They wanted to you to follow a narrative more instead of just clowning around. I'm doing the Jude Law thing. Instead of clowning around in the world, because sometimes that clowning around in the world can take the narrative away because you kind of forget. Except for like Red Dead Redemption, you dig that. I did, but I do think you can clown around too much and then lose track of the plot. Because you'd be like, I did a mission, and then I spent 20 hours hunting, yeah. and then I went back to a mission, and it didn't flow like it was supposed to, because I was like, oh yeah, that person. You know, it's kind of like you watched a movie a week ago, and then you watched the other half the week after. Was it the same with Grand Theft Auto? No, because I kind of... The missions were so good in Grand Theft Auto, I ended up just kind of following that trail, right. you know, and then going back and doing other stuff. So, Mafia 2, excited... Um, this week's game, which will be out on Tuesday, is the new Kane and Lynch game. Kane and Lynch Dog Days. Um, I'll talk about that next week, because I'll be playing it. Uh, the Summer of Arcade is still going on the Xbox Live Arcade. This week's game was Monday Night Combat, which I did not buy. I got the demo, played it, didn't like it. Awesome. It's like an online... It's kind of like Team Fortress by Valve, but like not very good. So you are not a puppet of Microsoft no, purchasing No, but I will be game. this week because I'll be purchasing uh, the other thing I mentioned, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. That's an absolute no-brainer for me. Obviously. Another Playmate kind of a chick. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, I, I've played every single Tomb Raider game. And this is the brand new full thing? Yeah. Nice. For $15? Yep. Charming. Now, this is a... The people who make... It's not as it's called Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. It doesn't have the Tomb Raider logo in there because it's like a spin-off series, even though it contains her. So, so it's it is a full Lara Croft game, but it's from a new perspective. It's isometric, like from above. Oh. Um, cheaper. I don't know. It's it, I've watched a demo of it. It's from above, but the cutscenes are full in 3D. Like it zooms in and this this voice acted and everything. So that's old school, then, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of cool because it's co-op. You play with another player, and the other player is uh, like a Zulu warrior kind of guy who's helping her go through these tombs, and he's got different moves than she has, and you have to help each other to get to places or find treasures. Uh, it looks fun. Um, but it is very different to normal Tomb Raider. We'll see what it's like this week. Um, and finally, I did buy the Barnes & Noble Nook, which I mentioned last week. Which, if you don't know what it is, it's Barnes & Noble's e-reader. Um, electronic book is probably the best way to describe it. Um, so I got that. And then I thought I'd better read some books on it. And I've been reading all week. You have. I I've think actually, it's awesome. I've actually read one and a half books. I have to tell you, I find it quite sexy because I like it when you read magazines. You you like it's like you 
consume them in this whirlwind of you read so fast. I know 100% you don't read every single word you claim you do. I know you don't. You don't. You skim over it like, I want to pick out the bits and pieces. Even in conversations, you want to blur out everything else I say except the things that you care about. So when you say you're going to sit down to read a book, I'm like, nah, he can't focus on a book. He's too freaking like fast, fast, fast. But then you read and and you never do this. I'm the one who always goes, I'm, I'm watching this, or I'm, I'm reading through this, so don't like, don't talk to me right now or something. And yesterday you did it. You're like, well, I'm reading right now, so I have to completely focus. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. I mean, I like that, because that means you are really reading. So uh, anyway, the book series I'm reading is uh, the Hunger Games series, which is by Suzanne Collins. And it's uh, a series of three books. Um, I read the first book, The Hunger Games, and I'm reading the second book called Catching Fire. The third book, funnily enough, comes out in a week. So I kind of hit these at the right time so I could get the finale, because that's the, the finale. So um, it's the story, just quickly, without spoiling anything, what it says on the jacket kind of thing, is it's future North America. There's been a war. America's kind of done for. It's been renamed. Panama or Panam no Panamem or something like that. It's it's got a new name anyway. And you've read this book, so you... yeah, I've read this book. So uh, I just didn't never knew how to pronounce it the entire oh, right. time. Um, so this new just I don't mean to interrupt you. Isn't that funny in a book though? You come across a name or a word that you know you're not pronouncing right in your head. Yeah. And every time you come to it, you're like, oh, I wish I could. I don't know what that. And it like distracts you for a split second because you, then, then you just, just then you, you make just like, up yeah, a way it's the to city's say name. It. <laughs> you yeah. just make up a thing for it and yeah. then you go on. So um, it's the future. I don't know how far in the future, but it's the future anyway. Um, what has happened is there's been this war, but like civilization has kind of banded back together in these places called districts. Um, so it's overseen by a government who. The government are very frightened that these people are going to uprise against the government and all hell's going to break loose at any point. So all these people are separated into these different districts, 1 through 12. Each district is themed on a different um, work. It's like one's a mining district, one's like a farming district. So that kind of keeps things ticking over because they've got coal, they've got wood, they've got... This is all on the cover? No, this is what is ha- this is <laughs> right. what is ha- this is right, right, I so so um, the government's kind of frightened to death that these people are all going to rebel because they're kind of being controlled. You know, they have to work in coal mines. They they have to do these things. So they devise this horrendous scheme for this televised event that happens every year called the Hunger Games, which is on your I think it was thirteenth no twelfth birthday. You, as a child, you're eligible to... You, you, your name has to go into this lottery to be chosen to be in this Hunger Games. They pick a bunch of kids every year. Now, these kids who get chosen go into this arena and fight to the death as this televised sport. Um, so, it's a story of this young girl, well, she's about 15, uh, who gets picked for the Hunger Games and goes through the Hunger Games. Um... And the Hunger Games, it's just a really interesting, you might say it's like Battle Royale, but yeah. it's, it's actually aimed at teenagers, this book. So it's not, it's not super gross or anything, but it does have moments of violence. Um, but it's just a really interesting, like, the state forced these people to do this. And 
the reason they do force these people to do this is uh, that they're kind of frightened that if they can do that, they can do anything. So just shut up and do what you're told. Like, And then they have this like scheme where if you're a kid who's 12-year-old and your family's kind of hungry, well, you could, every, once a month you can have it so your name goes in twice or three times or four times and you can get a, like a bundle of food, like a food package. So the government say, yes, you can have a month's worth of food, but your odds of being picked for the Hunger Games are now double. Right. So there's all this interest in... Um, and the way it's kind of staged is like the government... It's like almost like what yeah. you were saying. They're all very um, aristocratic and eat really well while yeah. all the people don't. Decadent. Decadent. There's like the, the split between rich and poor is really... So like they run up to the Hunger Games when the hit heroine Katniss gets picked. She's been this poor kid all her life and then she gets picked and then the run up like the two weeks of training it's like you're in this big temple and you're being fed all these like, magnificent foods that you might never have eaten before you're being dressed in these wonderful clothes and then I feel like I don't want to know anymore I feel like you're telling we- me too much and then two weeks later you're chucked into this arena I'll never want to read it you probably it- will never read it you'll probably see the movie before you uh, read it <laughs> anyway it's being made into a movie next year 2011 it comes out um, but yeah, it's a series of three. I think the movie will be be a series of three. So also. funny the difference between you and me. You would talk endlessly about things, and I always want to just keep stone. It's a great um, book, though. What I'm saying is, um, Page Turner. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is, and it's really well written. Like, um, it's even though it's aimed at teenagers, and it actually states that it's like a YA book. What does that mean exactly? Like young adult. I know, but what does that mean? It's not like dummy down or anything. It's just words. No, I don't know what the... When I read, when I went and uh, published a review of that first book on uh, Goodreads, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't read YA books. Like, as though there's a stigma or you don't, yeah. like, you don't read books below your... Like adults who say, I would never watch an animated movie. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, I say... I'm 41 year old and I enjoyed a YA book so I don't give a <laughs> shit um, I thought it was really good so uh, and I had never heard of it it was just I was I bought my Nook which I love by the way it does work really well um, it's, I bought a cover for it as well which should arrive this week but um, I bought my Nook and then I went on barnesandnoble.com and I was like I don't know what book to read there's how many books are there there's millions of them everybody's reading the girl with the dragon tattoo I thought I don't want to read that book because that's what everybody recommended to me yeah and then I was like, I, it was just on the front page and it said The Hunger Games and the cover kind of, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. A TV show about fight, kids fighting to the death. That sounds really like kind of, you know. Gruesome. Weird. So I thought, yeah, I'll try that and I'm glad I did. So, um, Books are good. Yeah, I'm reading the second book now this week, Catching Fire, and then the third book called Mockingjay comes out next week. So hopefully I'll finish this one this week and then read that one next week. And then after that, I've been recommended quite a few books from different people. So, um, one called Horns, which is about a guy who goes out on the piss, wakes up the next morning, and he's got the devil's horns going out of his head. Nice! That like sounds a, interesting. Yeah, which did sound interesting to me. It's like a, I'd read that one. Yeah, so uh, I might read that next. So, um, yeah, I'm just getting to reading. It's fun. See, when I read, it makes me want to write. I'm not a writer. I think I have really good ideas for stories, and that always makes me think, I could write a story. I could write a story. Not like this that I'm reading, but oh my god, I have all these ideas. 
I need to just write them down. And then I just can't put it all together because I don't have that skill. And it's, you know, but I like to read. I read those Brian Keene books, The Dark, or, um, I forget what it was, City of the Dead. And I do recommend an a e-reader, Kindle, Nook, or whatever, though, because it, they do work really well. I mean, and I've been using it all week and never charged it up. You yeah. know, they don't use very much power. You can sit, they just look just like a book. Um, and you can carry literally thousands of books in the... It just It's less than one book, really, isn't it? It's like the size of a paperback. Um, it's a little bit bigger, but yeah. Well, if you put the um, cover on it, it's kind of like the size of a paperback, you know? It's a little bit bigger than your standard paper book. It's back. six inches, paper the book. screen, which is like a paperback. It apparently. isn't actually. You add another like inch and a bit on the top and the bottom because that's the frame of it. Right. So it's not really the size. Oh, I'm talking about the page, the ink. Right. It's, it's the size of a page, like a normal page that you would read. In fact, uh, we put a paperback next to it, and it, <clears throat> you can also change the font if you've got bad eyes and stuff, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. For you, it would be. Uh-huh. I use the extra small font myself. So, um, what is this? A pissing contest? I just like more more um, text on one page. I don't want to be clicking all the I time. I like you know? squinting, so I would want it. Bigger. It doesn't make me squint. Um, what's good about for me about reading is I I can take my glasses off. Because I don't need to wear glasses when I'm reading. Because of close. Yeah, because right. it's fine. And I'm the opposite. So I actually get to relax my eyes, because I never have them not on. Right. right. So I actually get to relax my eyes for a bit. <laughs> it's kind of weird. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I've probably had my glasses off the most I have in years this week. So, um, yeah, that's my stuff for this week. I think that's everything. What have you got? Dinner. What's for dinner? I felt this week, after in two days having gained, I think, six pounds, which... I haven't even eaten six pounds worth of food, so I don't know where the hell it comes from. I really don't. Except that I had a bean burrito and rice from my favorite Mexican restaurant last night for dinner. I'm only thinking the salt, maybe? I don't even know. And then I had a sandwich the night before from Jimmy John's, which is bean sprouts, avocado, onion, tomato, that's it. Mm. And the bread. And uh, so I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's a... I don't know what it is. But anyway... So I'm, I feel like I'm lacking nutrition, and I'm I'm craving like vegetables, vegetables. And my grandpa always used to say, if you're if you're craving something, it probably means your body's telling you you need it. Now he can apply that to anything. So today I was craving some Oreos, and I felt, well, there we go, Grandpa. I need an Oreo. Six pounds. So I bought. <laughs> no, that's your problem. No, that's today. <laughs> I'm eating the Oreos to compound to do <laughs> not compound to count. To to knock off the six pounds, and I bet you in two days it'll be gone, without having made any effort. But anyway, for dinner we're having loads of vegetables. I'm gonna make like a hot veggie thing with some quinoa and some sweet potatoes and corn, and then a cold. We've got a coleslaw going on. I'm gonna cook a couple of portobello mushrooms, um, as I do in the pan this time or on the grill. I haven't decided uh, for a sandwich, and uh, I think that'll be. Then we have some sweet potatoes that I'll either. Mix in with the other, but it's, it's going to be a veggie heavy dinner, which is good because I like veggies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, lots of variety: onion, peppers, some beets. I got fresh garlic. I've got sweet potato. I've got a squash. It's going to chop it up kind of small, so it's all you know. And we're going to eat that about two in the morning. Why? Why? It's like one fifteen. Oh, I'm right. saying, like that's when we eat our dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's for dinner. And and the next thing is you know. It kind of goes along with the, my, you know, you, no matter what you believe in in this life, you're going to be a hypocrite, right? 
I despise the concept of big corporations that fucking rule our lives, and yet I'm sitting here doing a podcast on a microphone that comes from a big company with my computer that I love that comes from big companies and corporations. I'm eating food that's probably produced by big corporations. You know what I mean? Like, you're a hypocrite no matter what you do. Because if I eliminated everything from my life that's from a big company or from greedy people, then I don't even know where you would be. Living in the woods owned probably by some big company. I don't know. So, like, no matter what you do. Right? So say the other night I listened to a podcast, the guy on there is talking about, the woman's interviewing him. It's like um, the uh, Good Foods KRCW from LA or something weekly podcast. She's interviewing this coffee guy who's like a coffee expert and he's talking about how to make the best cup of coffee and he's been around the world and blah, blah, blah. And he wrote this book and she's asking about the book. And then she goes, well, what's the one thing you would tell me to make a good cup of coffee? And he goes, well... My publisher's not going to like this because we were trying to make, we were trying to put together a book we could charge $20 for. So it's full of a lot of stuff. But the number one thing is use more coffee than you normally do. And she didn't really say anything, you know, and they kept on talking. And I thought, really? Now, I'm not naive. I know that people do all kinds of shit for money because they're fucking greedy or they don't care. They just want to rake it in. Like money has any real value in this life. In life, it doesn't. It buys you stuff. Right? But for a dude to sit down with, like, a book publisher and say, well, our target is a $20 book. Well, like I, can start- imagine, I can imagine that. I'm not saying you can't imagine it. I'm saying it's it's like... That's the whole idea of, like, people... No, like, it isn't the whole idea of writing books. The well, idea no. of writing a book is to fill it full of information people want to read. Not start with think- the idea that I want to write a $20 book. Now what can I put in it? Now, I'm not saying people don't do that. I admired him for actually saying it. And he goes, my publisher's not going to... And later he mentioned again, um, you can read all the tips in the book, but the number one t- tip is, I can tell you for free. So it was kind of like taking the piss out of it himself. But just starting with the idea that you want to rip people off. And that's basically what he's saying. Well, I want to say- sell you, everybody, a $20 book. It's full of just, just stuff that I made up because we want to sell a $20 book. Hmm. Now, I just find that... That's like me saying, well, I want to sell a $20 drawing and I want to do 50 of them. And what can I do to make the most of my time and make it really worth my effort so I'm not putting out too much effort and making lots of cash? I think it's bullshit. And so many people think that way. They do. It drives me insane. the majority would think that way. Yeah, and where does that come from? The people who say that shit don't have anything. They're not working their way up to some kind of like... You know, it's greed, isn't it? Uh, that's just, uh, it's also it's a human nature. It's greed and brainwashing. Why is it human na- I don't have it. Well. Am I not human? Majority do, though, don't they? I don't value everything I do with the money value. If you say to me at work, here's an extra task we want you to learn, I don't say, oh, well, I don't make enough money for this. I don't think that at all. I'm there for 12 hours. Tell me to do something every minute of that 12 hours, and I'll do it. I don't care if it's a CIT positions job or a programmer's job to do it. If you give me that task and you teach me how to do it, I'll do it. It doesn't mean I'm earning any more money. My knowledge isn't worth money. My time isn't worth money. It is the way I use well, my time. But a lot of people think that way. Yeah, I know. But they're wrong. Because you're spinning your wheels, man. You're spinning your wheels. Because no matter what you do, no matter what you buy, you're done this track. It's never going to be enough. And if you value your skills and your talent that much, or your stupid advice about making coffee, I mean, you're just full of crap. I'll you know, t- I can tell you how to make coffee. <laughs> he did too for free. So um, that was that. That was that was really. It's just one of those. 
eye-opener things that makes me so much more irritated than, like, I try not to be. Because, again, I'm a hypocrite. I'm sitting here indulging in everything I own is made by somebody who probably had the idea to make some cash. And I'm, I guess the balance is, if this thing I'm enjoying is worth it to me, fair enough. You know, I bought my laptop, it was $1,100. That sounds like a lot of money, but I freaking love it. It is worth it to me. Somewhere on the other end of that transaction, probably somebody made a shitload of more money than they needed to. Because the value of it probably isn't $1,100. But the experience for me, and the, the value that I get out of it, right? So that's how I justify it. It's just that other stuff that seems... I don't know, an empty book full of crap just so you get, you know, you can sell a half a million copies and make an X amount of dollars. But it dollars. might be a great book. I think the author made it very clear it was just sort of like, <laughs> you know, one of those things. Get your name out there. Let's go ahead and throw a book on the shelves, you know, which is fine, except, ugh, I don't know. So then my, that's it for that. And then my other one is uh, kind of tied to the same thing. There's someone at work uh, mentioned to me one night. He said something about, you know, all I am, all we're doing is, all we do is move money from one place to another. That's the whole point of our lives. And it's really getting on my nerves. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, well, the whole point is, like, what do I do with my life? You get your raise to tell you to get a job, get a job, get a job, and buy stuff, buy stuff, buy stuff. And then... We kind of talked about it, and my thing was, so you're saying, like, every memory and event and joyous things we do and all the trials we go through and tribulations, everything is tied to spending money or moving money from the job that I have in my bank account to buy a birthday cake for my kid and to buy a car for myself, and it's all money, money, money. And that's really what he thinks. And while I can see that because of my whole tirade I just had a second ago, I actually don't... I think that's just what you... It, it's like soaked into people's minds. That, yeah. You know... Money makes the world go round, as they say. I know, but it doesn't, does it? No. I mean, in my experience is just uh, not real because... I mean, money, for some reason, keeps the world trucking. Like it... It does, but think about the moments that have nothing to do with money. Oh, yeah. Like, you and I hugging each other is a good one. Or somebody having a baby. uh, Yeah, the moment. In the moment. I mean, everything after that's going to be linked to spending lots of money. And trust me, you are expensive to maintain. But it's worth it, I guess. That's the way it goes. But where did that... Who was the first greedy asshole who decided, I want more than everybody else, and then, you know, get it planted in our minds? And yet, again, I'm going to say it, I have no... Put my hands up. You know, I have a lot of things that cost more money than they're probably worth, but I get my use out of them. My That doesn't mean I'm going to walk down the the street at a fair, you know, like a county fair, and throw $5 down the toilet every time somebody wants me to play one of their games, because I know better. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's, I'm not going to do, but, and I think of things pretty cautiously. And yet, I just went to the store and spent $30 on a bunch of vegetables, some Oreo cookies that were on sale... Because I want those, I want that, I want to consume it, you know what I mean? I want the vitamins, whatever my mind is, you know, whereas my grandma would have, my grandma's probably rolling in her grave because I spent $99, $99, 99 cents on one green pepper. (laughs) $99 would she would (laughs) So would I, I'd be like, no pepper for this salad, but, so that's it, I was just having sort of a thing where it's like, I just want to plant a seed in people's minds, 
you know, you might have a wife who's constantly shopping and buying shit or wants loads of jewelry or or you yourself think you've got to go show off to the boys all the time with expensive clothes and cars and keep making money. And every time you do something at work, at work you feel like you're, you're getting cheated and you're not getting enough money. Well, you know what? You're going to live your whole life and it's meaningless. The only value you attach to every single thing you do has to do with money. Because you're worth more than a paycheck. Think about what you're worth to people who care about you. That has nothing to do with money. And if it does, then you don't need them. So become a bum. Live on the street. No, see, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a dual thing. You have to balance Even it bums, out. Even bums, bum for money. Yeah, and bums are bums because they, for some reason down the road, made a bad economic choice or whatever. I'm just saying balance it out and don't think of, start from a different perspective. Don't go to work. And think constantly how you're getting ripped off because they're not paying you what you're worth for your... I don't care if you went to law school or medical school or anything. Your time isn't worth any more than my time or your time or anybody's time. You have a skill and if you can help people or make somebody's life better, then that that, that sounds really hippie-ish, but... <laughs> Think of it like that and whatever you get in return for that time that you're using to help people or whatever... Spend it wisely and don't be greedy. It's very simple. It's not gonna. Not gonna. I've just solved the world's problems. <laughs> I wish. All right then. So, <clears throat> thank you for listening to this podcast. To thank keep you. Uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com and sitar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live. Where else? Uh, everywhere. Uh, everywhere on the just internet. type Sid Talk C I D T A L K in Google. It will say, "Did you mean sidewalk?" And exactly. you can say no. <laughs> um, you can also catch us on YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Click on the word podcast. You can subscribe using the RSS feed, or just listen to the podcast on the page. I'm on Etsy as well. There are now, one, there are now 135 podcasts to listen to. So um, I'm sure there'll be something there for anybody. Um, and you can email me at ascully at ascully.com Sidtalk doesn't like your emails and I just want to say stay classy and see you next week with the movie review of The Square awesome Um, I'm going to say think for yourself except think what I'm telling you to think on this issue no think for yourself because if you're not thinking for yourself consider this someone else has already decided what you're going to think So think for yourself, they're going to do it for you.